Welcome to episode 19 of Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast with Chris Dredd. Easy. And myself, JB. (laughs) And before we get started, I'd like to thank everyone that subscribed and watched and liked and commented so far. But if you like us, like us. If you love it, hit that subscribe button wherever it is. Even if you don't like us, still hit it. God damn you. Be generous. We are officially the best looking guys on YouTube that host a wrestling podcast called Chat, Grapple and Cheat Pops Podcast. Fucking, he is not wrong. He is absolutely correct. There we go. Chris, absolutely. I'm good, man. I'm good. You're sounding a lot better. You've been uh, saying your prayers, taking your vitamins, drinking I your milk ha- and that. I had that Ico Pro Shakes and I'm better than ever. Nice, nice. You're ready. I there, am, there's yeah, some I'm, there's some contenders for your title of ICO Pro winner this week though. There there's is, one in particular that outshines everybody. Oh, there's a clear winner by far. Um, clear. <laughs> but before we get into, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there we go. I'm coughing already. You started some of that iced tea. Before we get into uh, our main review show, uh, there is a bit of news that we like to cover and. Let's talk. Uh, I've got one here, and I'm gonna. I've, we've already spoke about this very quickly. I said I'm gonna tell tell him the news. I'm gonna let Chris go. Yeah, he didn't even tell me what the news was, though. So this is live, folks. We're okay. live. We're live, pal. Uh, We're live, pal. This is the this is the only real sort of news from the week. There was little bits and pieces here and there. Uh, NXT had a takeover show. It was okay, good matches, all that stuff. But the big news: WWE is taking control of wrestlers. Twitch accounts controlling their revenues, which will count against their downside guarantees, which is awful. It's next level greed on the WWE's part. You know, I'm a WWE fan, so is Chris, but you know, let's they're, they're independent contractors, like we always say, like they always make sure they say, you know, independent contractors, blah blah blah. And the same also applies to Cameo, which is. You know, if anyone doesn't know what Cameo is, look it up. It's, you know, people get paid to make video messages, to wish someone happy birthday, you know, happy work retirement, whatever. So WWE are now taking fees off that too. They're essentially acting as agents, taking a fee, taking their cut by doing absolutely nothing. Thoughts, Chris? Uh, To be honest, right? I mean, when when you look at, I mean, I like to produce music, to rap, to sing, to be a performer. I've done many, many live shows. I play instruments and all that kind of thing, right? But that has all stopped. At the moment, everything is on its ass. Any kind of um, performing arts, any kind of shows, whether you're an actor, actress, whether you're on the stage, whether you're a wrestler, so many independent wrestlers are dying on their ass right now. They're fucking dying because they can't do their shows. They can't, you know, do the um, 
the holiday camps and this kind of thing. And I truly believe that WWE is dying on its ass a little bit because um, they're not they're, they're missing massive revenue streams at the moment from from house shows, live shows, events, ticketing, and all that kind of thing. They've got to be missing revenue from somewhere. Um, and I read last week that uh, Stephanie McMahon sold some of her second tier uh, stocks and all this kind of thing to, to draw a little bit of money out. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a very strange time. I mean, we won't get into it now how I feel about this whole fucking coronavirus thing. But what it does mean is that wrestlers are having to supplement their income in one way or another as well, because I think um, with the, I mean, is there, is there, there's still TV at the moment and they're still doing shows, but to me, it's only a very few characters, even more, even less than usual that are actually getting that screen time. I think it's, um, it's a weird time for the TV. Don't you think it like the product itself? Yeah, you're right. There, there is a, a lot of the same faces on TV at the minute, but that's because, you know, some of these guys stayed home by choice, which is up to them. They were given a choice whether they want to come to TV or stay home. Staying home is, you know, just as fair an option right now, especially... Staying home and, and being on Twitch and Cameo. Do you know what I'm saying? Making, yeah, that's making some side, side money, which, you know... That side hustle. Yeah, and WWE have decided that they will no longer be able to do that unless but WWE take the cut. Which it's, is... it's, it's, it's fuckery, right? It's fuckery because at, 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 in one breath, they're saying these people are independent contractors. And then in another breath, they're saying, yeah, but if you do this stuff externally, we're going to take money off you. You're or employees, we're gonna... but you're not. Yeah. Yeah. but And this is a thing. But I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that WWE invested heavily into a online streaming gaming kind of thing, didn't they? They had something Tout. and they, what was it? Tout. Tout. That's it. Yeah. And um, didn't work. Obviously, they would have wanted all the wrestlers having their things on there. Um, I mean, uh, who's the guy with up, 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 down, down? Oh, um, Xavier Woods. Yeah, so Xavier Woods is allowed to have his thing still going. Um, he's he's got it on the network, and he. I think he had something on the network. Do you know what I mean? So it's all very, it's all very WWE, isn't it? It's all very, very same old shit that 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 they always play they always want to take 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 and they don't want to give anything they don't want to to lose any kind of money any kind of revenue it's that greed it's that yeah. fucking greed again that is just fuck these guys they fucking do what we tell them else they don't go on tv and i suppose the way they look at it is we give them the platform to be who they are and therefore, they're making money off the back of who they are because they built it up on our TV product. You know what I mean? In the same in the same breath, though, you look at someone like AJ Styles, who was a name before he came to WWE. Yep. Has his own Twitch channel, all that stuff, and now they're like, "Well, no, we're we're, we're going to help ourselves to that too." Like, yeah. Someone like AJ, who made his name outside of the WWE, just it, 
yeah, it must really suck for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, um, to coin a very UK phrase, um, every cunt and their uncle's got a fucking Twitch channel now. Um, so it's I don't. Uh, no, no, but I mean, like in the <laughs> wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like become the in thing, like every cunt and their uncle's got one. So, you know, most of these people have got Twitch channels and they're sitting playing games because it's like well, the in call thing Let's be now. honest, if it's not Twitch, it's OnlyFans. And um, yeah, that's its own story, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, are there any wrestlers with OnlyFans that aren't independents? No WWE stars have got OnlyFans. There's no right? WWE stars that we know of, no, that have uh, got their because own Because I don't, I don't think you have to show no cooch on there oh, or anything no, you do just, you? You i mean could, you, you could just do like like be on only fans watching you know tv yeah, and yeah i mean there's no promise of bribe and pay to watch you do it it's yeah um, yeah i mean there's no promise of of pum pum but no. um you know it's uh it, it's one of them things where in this day and age you if you're gonna employ people and you're gonna give them guaranteed contracts then in the contracts it would say you ain't allowed to make no money and do these external things but then if they're independent contractors and they have to pay for their own travel and pay for their own insurance and do this and do that yeah. then you've got to allow it some leeway for them to do whatever they're doing externally so wwe you punk ass bitches you can't have it all your way do you know what i'm saying you you cannot um you you, you can't have it you can't have it all your way at the end of the day. Yeah, they can't, you can't, they have can't your be cake. employees and not be employees at the same time. No, it doesn't make you, sense. you've got to do one or t'other, as we say. This is this is something that, yeah, they it worked for the WWF and the WWF for many years, but it's something that probably needs to change now. I mean, AEW are openly touting that these guys, are, are they're, they're advertising their Twitch streams on the fucking, on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I mean the first the first joke that was done about that was funny. After a while, it be, becomes a bit. It's not. It's no longer funny. It's like oh, okay, you know, wrestling's supposed to be wrestling. I mean, and for taking shots, I mean, someone like Tony Khan, who took a lot of shots on Monday Night Football here in the UK yeah. last week. For his uh, his tweeting about Fulham FC and how they didn't get the targets transfer targets they wanted, he got ripped to shreds by Roy Keane and Jamie Carragher, which was beyond hilarious. Because makes you wonder where his full focus is. Is it you know in wrestling or is it in the NFL or is it at a, at a football team in West London? Well, it's clearly not the football team in West London because they're Hell doing no. absolute Bottom dog league, shit. No points, yeah. You know they're they're gonna get fucking relegated, um, and that yeah, put your money, smart money on Fulham getting relegated this season. I think some of the have already paid out. You know what I mean? They're absolute dog shit. But um, you can only spread your, spread yourself so thinly. Of course. You know you can't be focusing on this, 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 and this. You know you need to focus on something and dedicate yourself to it. Um, yeah, it's it's very weird at the minute. But um, did you? Hear the news of something that was said on Dynamite, I think, or said on AEW TV. Dynamite. i got to be honest, I haven't watched it yet. I don't watch it, but I did read either on Twitter or somewhere that uh, Taz called Moxley Dean Ambrose on TV. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Which uh, was, I it, found... was it like as a scripted thing or did he just forget? 
I think he just forgot, man. I mean, he's an ex-WWE guy himself, and he's sat there at the broadcast position many a times looking at, you know, it's it's like we we do it though when we're talking about people on here. We say big boss man a lot of the time when it's Ray Trailer or Big, big Bubba. Yeah. You know, we say it all the time. Like I'm probably gonna call Vincent um Virgil a couple of times today. You know, it's it's one of them things where you know someone is is this for this long. You it, it's gonna come out, you know what I mean? Um like JR call him um <laughs> the uh, gay fella her. A couple of times, I think, is a, a bit of a bad one. Well, what was that on? Was that on Dynamite? I think it might have been on the pay per view or Dynamite last oh, week. Lord. Said she, but um, uh, yeah, that's it, just fucking hilarious. Jim Ross very quickly, let's uh, let's get to our memorabilia section. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, Jr. <laughs> a signed trade card for those watching on YouTube of Jim Ross. Thank you, Jim. Uh, uh, and. Before we get to get again to our main show, let's just remind everyone where we can be found. Chris, this is all you. Um, I've got a little bit more news as well, if I may. Oh. One more little bit of surprise news. And it's kind of, I mean, I hate to be petty, right? But I'm a little bit petty. Here we go. Um, so AEW fans, Marks, AEW Marks, that were fucking shouting and giving it all large that yeah Renee Young's gonna turn up on AEW rare, rare, rare. no she signed a contract for Fox and she's gonna be doing the pre-show of Smackdown um so fuck off she's doing Nox. the pre-show on Smackdown yeah I mean there isn't a pre-show of Smackdown but there's gonna be something she's signed a contract with Fox and she's doing something with Booker T that is before Smackdown oh Okay. That was news. Yeah. That is news. That I read, yeah, that's news to me. I uh... I read today. But apparently she signed a, a, a contract with Fox and not WWE. Yeah, that I mean independent contractor in it. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to say all those people that were like adamant that no, she's gonna no well, if, we said if you, if you remember cor- like correctly, we did talk about this and we said that it was wouldn't be wise to go to the to AEW. No. It, she was she was I mean this in the nicest possible way. She is above that. She was better than that. She could have easily got a job on, you know, DAZN, HBO, Fox, NBCSN, any of those top sports channels, sports casting networks, whatever you want to call it. She just, she just, she, she's a different sort of, there's a different confidence about her that's just, she, she's better than wrestling TV, you know, if we're honest. Well, you know, and but she's doing something now, uh, you know, still kind of in with WWE, but from the Fox side of it. So that's what I read today yeah. anyway. So, so um, like the CM Punk deal. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Exactamundo. Who someone we haven't seen on, you know, for a long time. Oh, and the, 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 the AEW fans were constantly going on about CM Punk ending up in AEW. And it's just like, oh, for God's sake. Like, they're the first ones to talk about ex-WWE guys and blah, blah, blah. But, oh, no, Moxley's fine. Oh, no, yeah, get CM Punk. You know, it's just so... Oh, let's, anyway, we, we ain't even talking about that this week. Right. Re- remind the good people where they can hear us. Well, we are on YouTube at the moment, so you can catch us on YouTube, Chat, Grapple and Cheat Pops podcast. Uh, Jordan is hitting up all the time on the Twitter and the Instagram, which is at Chat, Grapple, Pops. Um, You can catch us on all various uh, podcast platforms, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Listen Notes, um, CastBox, 
um, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, um, Amazon Music now, um, yeah, you one. know, iHeartRadio uh, and The Daily Smart. Uh, you can catch us on every single podcast uh, platform available. You can catch us on there. That's, uh, yeah, we are, we're everywhere. We which are kind of brings us to our next point, which is this show, which is based around the group that took over. Indeed. It is, it is January 25th, 1997. It is a Saturday night. It's not a Sunday. It's trying to be different. We are at the Five Seasons Centre in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That is a lot to say in one sentence. <laughs> because That's we right. are NWO sold out. It's the first ever sold out event. Um, this this is like um this week was like absolutely packed. So they had like Nitro, like Night of Champions, and then this on the Saturday, oh, weren't it? Right. It was yeah, like they, they did the Nitro, they did the Clash, the night after Clash Nitro. of Champions. Yep. Yeah. You know they then had sold out, and then it was a Super Bowl the next night. And it, let's be honest, it didn't work. Because the Royal Rumble, the week before, on, you know, the, it's 1997, so from the Alamo Dome, this was a big one. I think, uh, what's it, it did 244,000 buys, the Royal Rumble did. The 244,000 with, uh, with about a live gate of around 60,000, 70,000. It was a big one at the Alamo Dome. It's a massive arena. Um, this pay-per-view, on the other hand, only did 170,000. It would have been outscored by the Royal Rumble, which was always expected, because the Rumble is one of the big ones. And Eric Bischoff himself would freely admit that this was a bit of a mistake. I mean, there was there was five thousand people in attendance for this one. And five thousand felt like it, yeah. Odd uh, in attendance, and this is it is kind of widely known and accepted to be possibly one of the worst produced shows i think ever um that wcw did i mean for me it had massive flaws in production it had problems with with the segments um where people weren't scripted and it was just dog shit let's be honest um, the segments in between matches were awful they're horrible Absolutely. um there was no in, there was no interviews um, but no, no mean the, gene, yeah, no mean gene. The, 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 the premise of this was, and when I was working today, I listened to the 83 weeks episode, uh, where Bischoff was talking about this event, and he was kind of explaining a few of the different things and why they did this and this. And you know, the premise obviously was that they were pushing that the NWO was in control of everything. They ran everything. They could do whatever they wanted. Um, they were above the law and the rules and everything. Um, they had one ref who was in an NWO shirt all <laughs> doing every single match. Um, the WCW wrestlers were at ringside. They weren't really involved unless they were involved in a match. So it was like there wasn't really any kind of storyline uh, continuations in this it wasn't based on that it was literally just it was like um <laughs> it was like a long tv episode really a like, bad one for the first half of it at least yeah i mean it it was 
it was different. Um, I didn't mind the look of it. I actually thought that it was all right. Um, I love the ring. I absolutely love how the ring looked. I didn't mind, you know, the, 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 the way everything, the set looked and everything. But good gosh, where did they get these fucking people on motorbikes from? I just, it was, I mean, anyone who's watching this, right? We, we, we implore you, do not take our word for this. Watch this show. It is on the network. Watch this show and just 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 watch it and just just take it in for what it is and just see if you agree with what we're talking about. Um, to be honest, you could probably watch it uh, the first half of it, probably while we're doing this podcast as well, because yeah. let's be honest, the commentary was not up to scratch. Well, in our in our commentary, it's not even a commentary booth. They've not got screens. They're not they're not taking gonna, that seriously. Um, yeah, it's it's Eric Bischoff and Ted DiBiase, and you know, or trillionaire Ted, as they like to call him. Um, trillionaire, the I've got trillion next to, yeah, dollars. The set, the set, you know, really cool. Like it's a good set. It's a nice thing. Like, but they open the show, and this is weird. Uh, the NWO are getting a police escort whilst they are riding. We like to call them bin lorries, but yeah. if you don't know who that is, it's a garbage truck. Yeah, they were on the on the bin. They were, they were on the bin van. They were on the you bin. Know what I mean? <laughs> they were Duke the dumpster drosies. Um, we get a public address type deal, like he's almost like he's Hitler banging on the on the t- on the table uh, from Eric Bischoff. It's yeah, it's an NWO love fest and. It doesn't get any better until until maybe two matches from the end. Yeah, over over halfway <laughs> through. Um, and yeah, it's, oh. uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to tell you about what happens. You know, so if you don't believe us when we say some of these things, go and check it out. But I mean, I'm just going to get on ahead. I mean, as well as that, you've got some Dallas Cowboys in because Hogan's. As they make their entrance into the arena, Hogan is uh, chanting or talking about the Dallas Cowboys. There are a few in attendance with them, but that that wasn't supposed to even happen because Bischoff even said that they weren't paid to be there. They were just they just turned up probably because Hogan and that was there and Hogan invited you know, them. Just, yeah. yeah, he just said, "Yeah, come on, you know, I'll get you on TV." <laughs> First match of the night is Chris Jericho. I mean, 30 years in the business, Chris, as as of last night, against the man dubbed the baddest man from Japan, Masahiro Chono. Yeah. The Japanese member of the NWO. Yeah, that's right. They're saying they stole him from New Japan Pro Wrestling at the time. Um, our NWO referee is in charge. He's in charge of every match of the night. It is Nick Patrick. I thought he played, because I watched The Clash, um, last night before you know before you know doing this today nick patrick at times is hilarious as the nwo referee i i thought he was quite good at times um it did get a little bit boring though um uh, yeah it it, it wore thin Him it did really yeah yeah, but but I'd like to say he, he was he was quite good at times um it was a good premise and again it was 
selling the fact that you know the NWO could do whatever they wanted to. They had their own referee. Yeah. Um, he was cheating constantly all the way through. Um, you know, it, it and it was really blatant um, and stuff like that. Uh, it was. Uh, we missed a little bit as well where Elizabeth is is there with. Um, trillion trillion dollar man Ted DiBiase and Bischoff and he she he makes her Bischoff makes her take his jacket off and then put it back on him like this leather jacket thing and she looks really reluctant to do it it's just a really weird moment but um yeah um the the referee um Nick Patrick he he was pretty good I thought um but it did wear thin um and the old birds sitting round on the motorbikes was really weird. Like, um, yeah, they, they really will be part weird. of the show later on. Um, but yeah, there are some women on motorcycles just sort of hanging around because we will and, and, and blokes just hanging around like bikers, you know, like biker blokes, like some rather large chaps sitting around like with massive remember, beards and biker jackets. Jim Cornette once uh, said in a promo that Bischoff liked to hang around with studly guys on motorcycles to make himself feel feel like yep. a real man, yeah. <laughs> he, you know what he find, you know like the 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 word for, that they use for motorcycle, they call them hogs. Yeah. But that's also a euphemism for a penis. If you've got a fat penis, you call it a <laughs> hog, right? So um, yeah. there was there was a moment when Bischoff says, "What what's more hot than a woman with a hog?" And I just at one point I was just like, "Ah, brain hurting." He's, um, nothing like a WCW phallic reference, is there? Of course not, yeah. bro. Of course Carson not. City I mean, silver dollar on a pole match and all of that stuff, oh. and now we're riding hogs. It's such a weird pay per view to watch. It's so strange, like. But, you know, um, oh, it's so weird. We have some we have some guys making their way into the arena from, you know, they obviously bought tickets. It's WCW guys. It's Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry, who plays yeah. a wonderful part later on in this show. Uh, the Faces of Fear are here. Uh, Brian Knobs, Randy Anderson, the referee. My personal favourite. Hero to everyone. Mongo is here. What a treat. What a treat yeah, for everyone. But- yeah, I mean, Deborah's there looking like a fucking prom queen with like some kind of like she get they get involved anyway later on, but she's there with like a sash on and like a bloody what do they call it? Old tiara, yeah. Yeah, with a bloody yeah. tiara on and that, and it's like oh. Um, double A is there with them, and Eric Bischoff. This was the best part of it for me because he's Eric Bischoff, like in a sarcastic way, says he's really scared. And the camera pans onto Ming. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking should be. It's funny because I swear they t- he takes the piss out of Ming and Barbarian uh, later on in the show. Um, uh, yeah, I wonder if they ever heard it. Yeah, it was uh, Ming funny. Ming his face off just for just for banter, just for a laugh. <laughs> yeah, um, Eric Bischoff also mentions you know that we are a packed house. It's 5,120. It's, again, it feels like it. It's not a big arena. Um, it's not talking about giving away free tickets at your local 7-Eleven, trying to get people to come to a pay-per-view. The yeah. WWF did this for the Royal Rumble. It is pretty well known that they did that around, in and around the Alamo Dome in Texas to get more people in because they hadn't sold out 
but and and also because they had the WBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation, as well thing going on, so they were giving away tickets for that. Oh, what in '97? I think so. He mentioned something like that on on '83 weeks. Oh, did he? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, I know he was uh, he was alluding to the uh, Alamo Dome and like how they were giving away tickets. They, to still, pack they it did out. give away they did give away tickets, but it was a big crowd. It you know they got a massive crowd there for. I think it was Shawn Michaels, Sid, or whatever it was. Um, Chono, massive star in Japan, huge in New Japan, but you'd never know it here. Yeah, it's um, it, it's Cedar a weird Rapids one. Not, yeah, Cedar Rapids have not warmed to him. It, it for me, it was a weird match to start with. Um, but to be honest, there wasn't really the quality of matches at all. There were, there right. was no one that we really could have put on first. Who else could you have put on first that wouldn't have just blown their, blown the wad of the whole show straight away? Yeah, I mean, yes. we've got a ladder match later on that they couldn't really put that on first. Um, the other the other thing that Bischoff mentions in, in his podcast is that he said the show was lacking compelling storyline. And he's right, because Chono and Jericho has no backstory. And zero, so no one gave a shit. No one gave a shit about the fans chanted USA when Jericho's from from Canada. Um, Yep, (laughs) and he was and Bischoff was like, Well done, you know, you guys know where you come from. Well done. Um, Oh, there was a it was a spin, I think it was a spin wheel kick. And Eric decides he goes a jump back leg round kick. Yeah, he was. I'm just. At this point, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm glad he's got the moves down. Um, because Ted's not doing nothing. He's not doing anything. He's just... Not really. You know, a few one-liners that aren't very good. He's even laughing at his own jokes. Yeah, that does not go well. Um, the crowd do react to the slow count from Nick Patrick. It does piss him off. But Really again, slow count, yeah. There's an awkward botch from the top rope with Chono. Um it doesn't really, like, I think it... I don't even know what they were trying for. To, no, if I'm exactly. With you. It doesn't, yeah. I, it's, it's it was a miscommunication. Strong. Yeah, it was a miscommunication, I think. I think it was, I, I think Jericho was going to go up top and he ended up going up top and then just literally jumping off and they kind of cuddled and rolled on the floor like they were um, frolicking. Um, Chono gets a table out to pretty dim reaction. He tries to kick Jericho off the uh, off the top rope into the table Jericho doesn't fall into the table so Chono just pushes him through it again zero reaction to this yeah it's it's a lousy spot and it you know they didn't read the crowd well at all but I suppose you're just trying to get I'm just, just trying to get to the end we yeah, do it, get it the was... uh, we do get the mafia kick after this or the Yakuza kick whatever you want to call it for a three count yeah, um, yeah. Chono wins it, it... It was dog shit. It was yeah. absolute dog shit. I will um, mention that Nick Patrick's backwards cap and earring combination is pretty poor at this point. Um, it's it's unbelievably 90s and it just, yeah, fashion is not the thing. We get a, another random shot of Deborah in the crowd as well. Oh, it, um, we have, and then, yeah, and then we more. Get, we get pics of women that sent in their picture oh. could be Miss NWO and Eric Bischoff gets the line in. 
He likes he likes a woman that can cut wood. Bro, if right, listen. This is a public service announcement, okay? I've got this in my notes. People have to watch this pay-per-view just to see the weird and wonderful pictures and letters that these fucking weird women sent in. Dude, there's women, like, posing weirdly on beds. There's people... One woman who's standing in front of wood with an axe that he says, a woman that chops wood. You've got some cross-eyed woman there with glasses. You've got, like... Dude, it's so fucking weird i can't express to you it's like it's not even readers wives i don't think our american our american audience probably like won't know who what readers wives is but um it is in pornographic magazines when people women just send in their 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 pictures (laughs) to it but it's like you know it's like a weird creepy readers wives kind of thing it's just like last last week we had Last week we managed to get you to say "core blimey." This week we're talking about Reader's Wise magazine. What the fuck? <laughs> we're British, mate. We're English. This is what we do. We keep it um, colloquial. You know what I mean? Oh fuck me! Jeff Katz is up next, um, and I've just got—he's talking to the contestants, and I'll use the quotes for Miss NWO. And fuck me, he's awful. He's—I wanted to reach into my screen and start punching. He was annoying. He was, was a, terrible. Apparently, his dad used to work. His dad worked for New Line Cinema. Uh, his dad worked. Ashamed of him then. Yeah, he, he worked behind the scenes. Uh, Eric put him on TV. Oh, excuse me, so I'm, I'm yeah, yawning Jeff just Katz talking about him. Well, yeah. it was, honestly, it was so bad. And like, I can't. I, again, people need to watch this to see. The, the, these are supposed to, they're, they're trying to sell NWO as the best thing going in, in the wrestling industry. They're changing it, right? And they've got these Miss NWO birds that are going to be there. And they're all like munters, you know what I mean? They're all like old birds. Um, uh, there, was, there was probably one that was okay. There was one that should have won it, mate. You know what I mean? There was one that should have won it, hands down, without a doubt. Even and Bischoff she, said, she, oh, I like you. You know, he was... Uh... You know, she was vexed. She was vexed that she didn't win, I think. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, they're trying to sell it. But what what happened, again, on 83 Weeks, Bischoff says he went and asked for them to bring 10 women, but he didn't want them looking like, you know, the Dolly Bird kind of, you know, stripper model kind of thing. But for fuck's sake, you could have, like, found nicer looking women if you're going to make it such a huge segment of the show and it really was a huge segment of the show i don't understand what the what they were trying to sell put put together those segments probably lasted longer than most of the matches absolutely dude and 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 another problem is they didn't give these women a script they didn't give them a script you can clearly see because this jeff what's his name cats or gets or whatever He's going to them asking questions and they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, whatever. And it's like, for fuck's sake, if, you, if you're going to make it part... This is why I say the production was not thought out on this. There was no... If you're going to have, you know... If, if we were going to have birds on here that we was going to ask questions or whatever, or we had, you know, you'd say, right, you know, we're going to ask you this question, think of a cool answer, or we'll give you a script saying, right, this is your answer. And yeah. we would have set out, you know... Jesus, it was just honestly. It the more the more the Miss NWO thing went on, the more it annoyed me, because it was like, look, if you're gonna do something like this, at least make it like good, 
but it was just it literally looked like they'd gone to the nearest like biker bar down the street and said right here's a bit of paper here's 10 bits of paper we're going to write on these bits of papers number one to ten in big black biro or marker and then you've got to tape them on you with black tape which is exactly what they did and some of them have got them on their legs some of them have got them on their chair some of them have got them on their arms and it's like you've literally just gone to the local biker bar just to get some motorbikes and some old people well he said Um, they got them in because they didn't yeah, because they didn't have to fly them in. They didn't have to get them hotel rooms and they didn't no, have to do this. And they this. lived in the like, area. It, it was completely degrading to this show. Like, this is your first ever NWO show. You're pushing Miss NWO. You're going to have, you have to have some hotties, bro. You have to have some hotties. At least Ric Flair and the Horsemen had Liz and Woman, for fuck's sake. Like, you can't be having, like, these munters, these old someone's nan in a in a in a waistcoat, like sitting on a Harley. You like I don't know where we've mental. gone with this. It's mental, dude. Honestly, I was just like blown away. <laughs> I was absolutely blown away at like I don't understand who would have who who booked this crap and we know who, who booked because, this crap. Yeah. It um, was the king. The king booked it. But yeah, the, it, it, not not Jerry Lawler, yeah. The other no. <laughs> referred to himself as the king at the start and end of the show um and but on his podcast he was trying to sell it like when conrad was asking him right whose idea was it to get these women and whose idea was it not to give them a script or to to work out the answers first and he was trying to blame this person that person the other person yeah, no. and it's just like dude, no accountability. Fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah man no accountability it was absolute dog shit for me um, it just this was the first NWO pay-per-view. And if they were going to go on this premise that they had control and they were the best thing going today, excuse using that phrase, but, um, you know, they should have really just had bare hotties. They should have had loads of hotties. Don't care. If you're going to do something that, that gaudy and that, like, trashy, at least, like, make it super trashy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to do I it, do it properly. It's... Should we should we move on to the Mexican death match in Cedar Rapids? Yeah, the Mexican death match with two white guys in in Iowa. Well, um, I'm not really sure how connected to Mexico Hugh Morris and Jimmy Hart and Big Bubba are. So no, I, I think they they probably met Limo Rickshaw once, um, and that's yeah. a that's about it. That is yeah. their connection to Mexico. They gave some girl a quaalude once. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's another gimmick match for Bubba. It's the only match we seem to find him in. We feel bad for the guy, Ray Trailer, like one of the nicest blokes ever, you know. But again, I didn't quite get the booking of this match because, right, look at the name Mexican Deathmatch. Okay. What are you expecting from a Mexican Deathmatch, Jordan? What, What do you envision in that beautiful mind of yours when I go, right? We're gonna have a fucking Mexican death match. Go. I'm I'm seeing a street fight. I'm seeing an absolute brawl. You're seeing a brawl, you're seeing blood, you're seeing guts, you're seeing chairs, tables, chains. All like, over all over the place, yeah. All over wiping the floor with people, right? When the, a, 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 a chain was introduced and the referee saying, get it out of here, get it out of here. Uh, what Patrick? Um, this is supposed to be a fucking. 
Yeah, you know, but what are the rules to mixing? Ultimately, it was a last man standing match. That's what it was. Yeah, pretty much. Just call it that. It's a last man standing match. Whoever wins is the person standing up for 10 seconds while the other person's on their ass. Yeah. This um, was horrible, this match. I've got about, I've got less than three lines of notes on this because I, I put as much into it as Bischoff did. Probably more. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, there was a moment in this match where I actually just said, oh, for fuck's sake, like, I will tell you the point of what it was shortly, well, but let's, I let's, yeah, let's try and get through the through the notes. There, I mean, like I said, it's another gimmick match for Bubba. There seems to be the only matches we do with him. Bless him. Yeah, poor bastard. It's not a tape fist match. It's the Carson City Silver Dollar on a pole match. On a pole match, yeah. Jesus, yeah, that's a lot. Um, he hits a low blow on Hugh Morris. He, there's a chain like. Like I said, I've got little notes on this match because it's garbage. Um, Humorous hits the hits the moonsault, the no laughing matter, which is a good, you know, it is impressive. He's a big guy. And Nick Patrick does the slow count again. And this is where I'm I'm done with the slow count thing. It's like, okay, it's a bit silly now. Like you did it once. You pop the crowd and now the crowd are just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, they're not buying it, man. Because it, 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 like he, he started the count, got to six and then went back to one again. And then yeah, it was like one hand or something. Oh god! Like... Yeah, or, or Jimmy was shouting, so he went to Jimmy. Said, "Oh no, stop shouting!" Um, but yeah, it was absolutely fucking crazy, man. It was like, oh, and he was oh. slapping, he was slapping Bubba to wake him up halfway yeah. through the count. I'm gonna skip to the the end of this because you know, good lord, um, Bubba runs over or runs into uh, Hugh Morris with the with the Harley Davidson. Well, no, it was a point before this that I, I actually looked at okay. the screen and was watching it and said, oh, for fuck's sake. It was, right. Uh, so they're, they're outside the ring. Um, Morris picks up Big Bubba and literally just dumps him on the floor. And it looked very painful, I must add. And then he starts walking up the stairs. And you think he's going to do a moonsault off the stairs oh, onto Bubba. And he does this like... He bottles it. He bottles it. And it's like this weird, twisty, kind of turny, landy, on your sidey, I think, weird yeah, I think Bischoff would have called it a jumping side splash. It was something... <laughs> I, I just was like, oh, for fuck's sake, if you're going to try and do something, do it. But, like, come on, man, that was ridiculous. And then, yeah, like you say... Bubba goes and pushes one of the old birds off the hogs and he runs into him with a Harley Davidson. Runs him over. He's done. It's finished. Like again, like you wouldn't believe what we were saying. He runs him over with a Harley Davidson. That's the end. That's the the finish of your match. Yep. You know, go and watch it if you don't believe us and like what we've actually just told you because that match happened. It happened. We watched it. Yes. Uh, I'm going to try and get through this next bit quick because my my notes, uh, I think I've called I called Jeff Katz more names in my notes than I've ever called anyone in any show so far. Um, yeah, I mean, we were glad we were glad the Mexican death match was over. It was a piss poor match. We're glad it's over. And then, yeah, ooh, we got this fucking waste man again. Um, I didn't call him yeah. a waste man at all. He's um, a waste man. Um, 
some more colloquial slang for your ears. Yeah, um, it's it, it's all I've already got on my notes here. We're back to Jeff Katz, who I already hate. Yeah, um, but I, you know, it's more Miss NWO crap. He's talking to the contestants. It's boring. It's hideous. It's they have no answers for his question. Yeah. It, they're trying to make it like a Miss World competition, but these women have got no answers. Some of them, I swear they need their hearing aid turned on. One of them goes, sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah. Switch it's... it Switch it on, love. Switch it on. And they, they, plug, the, uh, they plug the website. That's you know, the next bit. Like, I can't keep talking about Jeff Katz. No, but they also had some weird women dancing behind these screens. Behind like, the screen, yeah. I don't know. Oh, what my God. There. It, it was like the most awkward, like, old white woman dancing that you've ever seen in your life. Like, there was absolutely no rhythm to it. Like, they're, like, clicking fingers. It was like, oh, oh dude, it was like your drunk auntie dancing at a wedding. Like, it was <laughs> fucking awful. Like, please, people, don't take our word for this. It's, it's, it's getting to the point now where it's so bad that it's good. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's it's it, it might end up in the descriptions when we uh, when we post it later. So bad that it's almost funny. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. It was so bad that it was good, like bullseye. I, I I expected more of our next match, though. I thought things would pick up, maybe a slight bump. It is Jeff Jarrett against Michael Wall Street, or formerly known as IRS, or Michael Rotunda, Mike, if you yeah, want to call or, him, um, or Bray Wyatt's dad. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's dad, the Fiend's dad. That's a it, hell this of a is gimmick. the Fiend's dad. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll bring him out and like tell the Fiend to behave himself or something. You know, stop being you've been a very yeah. You've been a very naughty boy. You won't have your sweets after your dinner. Behave. Um, Nick Patrick's doing his best to help Wall Street. Um, Eric Bischoff makes a very interesting point here because they are talking about a match later on. Scott Hall invented the ladder match. Yeah, I clocked that. Oh, I don't know. I I got a lot to say about because <laughs> <laughs> they, they they're trying to sell that he was giving six like loads of tips and you know th- th- how to do this match. But yeah, it was that was it was crazy. Um, yeah, it's um. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Like, he, yeah, he uh, he says that he invented the ladder match. I will I will go into it later on because I've got a little bit more later on to talk about it. Um, Jeff Jarrett takes a nice bump though over the barricade. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, but it was all right. But and, uh, again, you've got it's getting a bit boring already, and we're like three matches in where you've got you know like the voice of the NWO, you know the guy the NWO, you know, loser. Yeah, you know, like there's no music for any of the WCW guys and trillion dollar man Ted DiBiase says, oh, I think Eric says, oh, someone's forgot their music. And he's like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of forgot it. Ha 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 ha, you know, like, and and so the all the the NWO people coming out to the same music that, um, you know, and it was just, it was starting to now, 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 now. It was starting to annoy me by this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, but don't you think that um, Double J looked like he he was quite out of place? I think here because you've got 
you know, the NWO, they're all wearing T-shirts and jeans and his kind of... It's dated, yeah. His outfit is very, very dated. It's like very stripper-like. It was like the, the old... Day stuff from 1995, yeah. It's exactly that, you know. And it's like, it looks like Scotty Riggs's old kind of thing when he was like the stripper gimmick, you know. And it is kind of that that kind of thing where the American male kind of shit. And oh, it no. just looked very like... Yeah, very dated. It was it was just really out of place. It was like um it it it, it was a bit weird, but I mean double J can work. Um yeah, but like you're saying so it was so again, Wall Street. And it Wall was... Street can work, but it was so disappointing this match. Like it was I think when you the whole thing of wrestling of the good guy, the bad guy. Um, you know, the dynamic between them, the referee trying to keep the balance. When you throw one of those things out, i.e. the referee's corrupt, it works occasionally in certain aspects, in certain things. But when you've got it for a whole pay-per-view, I think you lose the dynamic of any kind of match that you can have. You know, so it doesn't matter how good, really, the people that are working are, you just lose that dynamic and it just it means every match is dog shit and no one cares what happens. So whether you're watching it or whether you're involved in the match itself, um you just lose all you know, you don't yeah, give a shit. No one cares. It's a yeah, it's a, and I've got here it's another disjointed shit show of a match, sadly. Um Deborah is trying to get Mongo involved. Um, he's not having it to begin with. They are ripping him to shreds on commentary. Killing and him. Deborah runs him and like rules his life and that. And is he allowed to stand up and stuff? Oh, shit like that. It wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> Bischoff makes a line which would get him in some hot water with a few people. The submission hold that made Ric Flair famous. <clears throat> yeah. Figure four. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Nick Patrick drags Wall Street to the ropes. That I did laugh at that. I did think. I, and and the, the way that they're completely not selling it in the commentary where they're going, yeah. yeah, as you can see, he made his way to the ropes and broke the hold. Like, it's so funny where the crowd are like chanting one thing and they're completely selling it as something else. Yeah, like, they're ch- selling it as, uh, yeah, they're chanting for the end of the Bagwell sucks and stuff like that. Oh, it's um, so good. Buff Bagwell does it really well in one of the matches. Now, Really good. This is where it gets good because possibly the most over guy on the on the show so far, the biggest guy in the company, should be champion definitely. Mongo gets <laughs> up onto the apron and uh, uses the halibut and briefcase on uh, Michael Wall Street and demands he forces Nick Patrick to count to three. And Patrick is so afraid of this Super Bowl winner that you know Jeff Jarrett gets the win. I mean, all because of Mongo, the hero that we need. Of course, you better count it, baby doll. You better, you better count it, baby doll. Um, you know, I, I, it was funny. You know, Deborah's dragging him to the thing, and you know, you've got Deborah Chance. You've got, you know, um, it was quite funny, I suppose. But uh, it, is, is, weird Mongo, because... is Mongo in your top two at this point in '97? Of, of <laughs> uh, I mean. Like I say, I've got I've warmed up to him since episode one that we did. <laughs> you know, we're on episode what nineteen now. I mean, I, I've warmed to Mongo, and I do think 
the dynamic between him and Bobby Heenan on Nitro was a thing of beauty. Um, was Pepe good. was pretty good. Um, you know, I do occasionally call people baby doll. Uh, you know, I, I, I've warmed up to Mongo. He's, you know, he shouldn't have been in a ring or anywhere but, near one. So what, what you're saying is that Mongo has not only influenced your life positively, but, you know, just, just made everything better. He's made it, he's made his way into my heart. Uh, when really, I mean, he, it all began in that first memorable evening when he came running down to the ring, uh, to accompany LT. Uh, WrestleMania 11, you know, he first... I, I hero is made. Here, a hero is made. The twinkle in his eye, um, you know, DiBiase, you know, I'm coming for you, baby doll. You know, it, it, th- those dulcet tones. Uh, yeah, he, 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 um, he tackled his way into my heart from that day. That is, that is great stuff. That is really touching, that is. Um, <laughs> Yeah. That dickhead, uh, Jeff Katz is back chatting to the women. I'm just going to skip it because it's an absolute mess. I've no, had you enough. Know, you know what they actually say? This is the Miss NWO senior division. They actually say it. This is the senior division. Right, so basically you got someone's nan up there sitting yeah. on a motorbike. Fuck off. And th- there was more terrible shadow dancing. Uh, behind the thing, the old yes, yeah, there was your auntie, more. your auntie at a wedding <laughs> had a couple of too many sambukas, you know. What I mean, well, she didn't know what sambukas were until she tried like four of them, so you know, that's the thing. She's on the old peppermint schnapps, um, she's had one too many. The NWO sold out crew finally did me a solid and did something decent. They left off Scotty Riggs's music, <laughs> I didn't have to hear that. American male's crap. Um, I heard it in my head. I almost did as well. It's haunting me, that that tune. Um, it's, it's Scotty Riggs against Buff Bagwell. Um, Buff had turned on Scotty. They gave them both an ultimatum beforehand to join up or, you know, you know, with us or against us type stuff. Buff joined. We've spoken about Bagwell before. The guy had it. He he had something. He had something. He was, uh, I mean, he was perfect, really, for this role. Uh, He was a complete arsehole. He was an absolute arsehole. But he was perfect for the role. You know, you've got the crowd chanting, Bagwell sucks, Bagwell sucks. He goes up to the camera and he's like, Bagwell sucks. They love me. Yeah. They love me. You know, and at the beginning, so he rolls in the ring and Scotty Riggs starts hammering him, punching him, and then he rolls out and he's like, that's not wrestling. Yeah, he complains. going to carry on like wrestling. that. I'm, gonna, I'm leaving. That is really, it's like, it's, it's sort of like, it's, it's comedy, but it's, I mean, it's dragging this show to a, to a better level for us. Um, did you well can I ask you a quick question yeah what did you think of the weird fisheye lens camera thing I think I already know for those listening I'm already shaking my head Um, 
I've got this because Ted DiBiase says, apparently, or not apparently, this is what he says. He goes, this is true production quality. Yeah. And I've got next to it. Okay, Ted. All right, Edward. Not really. It, uh, it was um... a weird, like almost like before selfie sticks became a thing. It was a camera on a stick. Yeah, <laughs> with the and, fish and it eye was lens. Wobbly as hell. It was like some fish eye lens thing. Later um, on, I'm... Kevin Nash would push him out the way. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, and it would just pop up in in. But the thing is, they were on the fish eye lens camera a couple of times where they missed specific things happening yeah. like they they miss something in the tag team match they miss it in the match after that um you know it was it was pretty bad it was i mean to, to be honest the cameras i thought it looked quite nice like the actual look of the the actual uh, all the cameras that they were using apart from that one the whole look of it yeah. it looked a bit like cinematic like it was the cameras they were using were clearly very good cameras, um, you know, and, and the way it was done was, was it looked, I, I thought it was really nice. It was quite gritty. It was, you know what it reminds me of? What's that thing that they're doing in WWE now where they've got a ring without the ropes and they've just got people fighting the thingy underground. Oh, yeah. Underground. I, was I almost thought unplugged then. That's the MTV thing. Um, no, yeah. Underground. Yeah. Raw underground. It was raw underground, so it kind of it got that kind of gritty look to it, like quite cinematic. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked what is if it was if the booking was done better, they could have made more out of this. It's for me, it annoys me, and this is why I get quite animated because of this show because it should have been and could have been so much better. Of course, it could. It could have been so so good. They could have done it more sneaky. They could have cheated more sneakily and not, but I suppose they were trying to push that we run this shit, you know, we run this shit and you can't do anything about it. Um, but it just should have been done so much better, but Buff made it better anyway in this match. Well, we do get the cheapest of cheap heat um, when Buff gets his ass out. Yeah. Um, Apparently two of the girls passed out when that happened. Oh yeah. According to, uh, according to easy E. Um, here's something I quite I found quite funny is that uh, Buff also did the ravishing wiggle. He did do the gyration. He did, yeah, that was good. But both guys here in this quite short match are blown up. Yeah, you can tell. There's a power bomb which almost goes south. It, it's true. Yeah, I mean, both of these guys could have been contenders for the Ico Pro award i've got buff down as second place yeah yeah i think buff is second place 100 percent. we always seem to agree on this but on the ico pro awards i think we both we both know what it means and what it takes to win a title of such esteem prestige yeah the prestige of the ico pro award and all you other podcasters uh that are out there I don't think they've got a, an ICO Pro Award. This is a, a, a Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast original. This is award. an exclusive, yeah. Award. It's an exclusive. Nor, we nor it, should they have an ICO Pro Award. This is our. Nor thing. should they. Exclusive <laughs> to us. Ted DiBiase mentions that there's a that Buff has been working on a new move and uh, he will bring it out tonight. It is the blockbuster. It's, it's a terrible move though. It hurts the person giving it more than it. <laughs> For someone you know that would end up having neck problems, yeah, it's probably not the best move. Yeah. But Buff does get the win. He uh, 
yeah, he wins it. It's not again. It's not a good match. They get tired. It doesn't doesn't necessarily work. I mean, it works for Buff because Buff is slowly getting over. He's working on his unbelievably heel act. I think it. Oh, it's a n- nice little learning curve for him. His heel heat is absolutely yeah. white on fire. You know, they fucking hate him. I'm I'm bringing myself down because I've got Jeff Katz up next, and it's a disaster. Oh, dude, but you're missing you're missing the fact that um. Buff Bagwell, when he walks up the the aisle, he's dancing with. There's loads of old birds dancing on the top, right? And he's dancing (laughs) up there with the old ladies. And then Eric goes something like, "Oh, look at him! He can move." And then he says, "Yeah, he was an entertainer. He used to be an entertainer. Let me just put it like that." Uh, Yeah. Basically, selling. He used to be a stripper. I thought that was quite good. You with Buff dancing at the top there with all the old birds. Are we skipping the walking disaster area that is Jeff Katz? Oh, it's just, I've just got, again, Jeff, again, uh, absolutely terrible segment. No answers, uh, not prepped. The production is is poor. At least if you're going to have these fucking birds around there, at least have some kind of script that you you, you tell them that what the question is. And th- this was the one where they got the old lady going, oh, sorry. One yeah. of them goes, right, bro. Fucking hell. One of the questions Je- was... Jeff Katz makes Doc Hendricks look like Tog Pettengill. Oh, dude. Fantastic right, That's, that's all I need to say. Um, one of the questions was, what part, what body part of yours makes you more eligible to be Miss oh, NWO? Right. And one of the old birds says, her feet. <laughs> her feet. She said her feet. I she can't. said her feet. And then the other one, he asked her a question. Oh, what would you... What what would you use to to rub down um, Buff Bagwell with? And she goes, "Oh, I don't know how to explain it." And then he goes, "Right, here we go. Let's move on." <coughs> yeah, um, please just, let's move on. Please watch it, guys. We are going to keep trying. Yeah. Don't make What's us the do this in vain. Jeff fucking cats. Um, please watch this. We do finally move into a bit of a. Yeah, the, the match isn't great, but we move into a better part of the show because there's a nice pop for DDP. DDP is slowly getting himself over. Absolutely. He he's, is... He's Sorry. going up against Scott Norton, and Norton is a fucking unit. He he's did not unit. take he's... Ico Pro. Let's just get that clear. He is... Yeah, he, I mean... Jesus. He, he, like I say, it wasn't all muscle, was it? I don't think either. No, I mean, half of it was tank. Yeah, it was. It was the geese was just absolutely huge. Um, and don't get it twisted. <laughs> DDP for me is one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. Uh, I love the character of DDP from all the way you know with the diamond stud and all that. You know when he came out with the mic, you know, and he was yeah. you know with 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 uh, Scott Hall, you know, with the diamond doll, the stuff he did with uh, jo- Johnny Too Bad. Of Johnny B bad. Sorry, can I get um, in a good guard? Good guard. Uh, you know, I love DDP. I just, you know, I, I absolutely love DDP. Big shout out to DDP, especially what he's doing with DDP yoga. Uh, you know, he's changed people's lives, but I love DDP. I just, you know. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, give it some of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ted DiBiase is laughing at his own jokes in this. That is quite sad. Um in its own way. 
And it, during this match, we get an arrival in the crowd because the crowd likes crowd are popping pretty huge for. And in the video, guys, in YouTube, you can see he's arrived. There is a, our pop sting. Uh, it's a decent bit of memorabilia for me. <laughs> you me. don't, you don't, you don't see Sting at any other point at all. No, well, Sting at this point is turning up he's trying to see who his friends are he turns his back on a lot of people to see if they'll attack him and stuff and i think at one point he even almost aligned with randy savage who was also doing a similar sort of thing just turning up not supposed to be there yeah because the nwo the the trillion dollar man and eric are taking the piss out of randy and saying oh you know he went to the bus stop and so and so gave him some money to get the heck out of here and all that so he's kind of been turfed away was sting not talking at this point no no talking just uh, yeah. he would occasionally stand there and just stick his arms out but um this was this, i thought this was quite a good thing about this interesting thing about scott norton like i didn't know his backstory a lot to be honest you know he does later become a new japan world champion which is hilarious in its own right but um Norton worked the door at Grandma B's, which is the notorious nightclub or establishment, as Eric Bischoff called it, where um, in Minneapolis, where you know Legion of Doom would and Rick Rude at times had worked the door, and Scott Norton also worked that door. And yep. mm-hmm. yeah, he'd seen uh, some people. He said people would turn up just to see Scott Norton throw people out. Yeah, <laughs> I could believe that. Yeah, it was. He, he said that on Nitro as well a few times when yeah. Scotty Norton first came into WCW. I remember he debuted on Nitro, and he said that yeah, I saw him at Mama B's in 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 Minneapolis, and but yeah, I I used to sit there and just he used to entertain me with him throwing people out. Jeez, yeah, that's uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Hawk and Animal also worked there. Rick Rude worked there. There was a notorious story about Rick Rude knocking a guy out with, whilst he had his own arm in a sling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just messed up. Uh, this match does not get going um, because Buff Bagwell and a gang of the NWO come out to offer DDP a spot in the NWO. Um they said, no, we talked to Scott and Kevin, it's fine, because DDP had taken the NWO shirt the week before and then given Scott Hall, I think, or even Nash, one of them a diamond cutter and left through the crowd. Yeah. yeah. You know, really hot stuff on Nitro. And he takes a shirt, he hugs, you know, whoever he hugs there. He uh, It was buff. Yeah, because yeah. you had Buff, um, Wall Street, Vincent, Bubba, they all come down. They're yeah. like, it's okay, baby. You got Buff, like, it's okay, baby. You know, we want Norton, you. We Scott love Norton's you. Scott not feeling it. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's, just, he's just been working a match with him. But they all turn their back, and uh, DDP gives Scott Norton a diamond cutter. This is a massive pop. DDP is getting the fuck over here. He is he's turning himself into one of the biggest stars it would gradually get, you know, get there to the big time, to the main event. But he leaves through the fans as well, which always works. You know, the fans are super into what he's doing. I wouldn't really call it a match. I'd call it a segment. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, the the match just wasn't anything really. It was um, a bit, you know, stoppy starty. But I suppose it was one of those ones where it was just a little bit of filler. You I know, thought before about Norton because he got beat by Eddie Guerrero at Clash of Champions a few days earlier. Oh, did he? Yeah, um, because of uh, some some screwing around from DDP. And DDP, when he runs into the crowd, he gets right up into the crowd and he rips his shirt like Hogan. He rips the NWO shirt, yeah. That's... Yeah, it's great. And then the referee obviously turns to the camera and says, I award this to Scott Norton. He wins by count out. Um, and they were, they were, Jeff was talking to number nine and number 10 oh. of Miss NWO while they're showing the replay of DDP. Like it was. The production. I've was just, just got Jeff Katz as being a tosser again. Yeah, yep. And that's yeah you know, for those who you know, aren't familiar with the English word tosser, he's whatever. Like he's being a wanker. <laughs> um, it was uh, there, there's quite a, a funny tweet uh, that WWE put out years ago, um, and it was about. It, I think the wording of it was one of our top ten moments is. Uh, Mick Foley and Undertaker on top of the off, cell yeah. and he tossed him off. And, and then Mick Foley says, yeah, for the benefit of our UK fans, uh, you probably shouldn't use the term tossed off because it means yeah. something completely different there. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, the Undertaker didn't actually toss Mick Foley off uh, in the way we look at the word. Yeah. But yes, uh, he's a tosser, this Jeff Katz. Our, our show finally takes a turn for the better because it's tag team championships. It's the Steiner brothers taking on the outsiders. And let's just say we have our ICO Pro Award winner. Week in, week out. He never fails to disappoint. It is. He never fails to impress. It, you know, he never does. You know, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. Yeah, this this is this is long before Big Papa Pump. This is this is just Scotty Steiner from the Steiner family. Scotty, he but huge. he's he's absolutely pumped, absolutely pumped. And this is our first sign of tassels. Yeah, We're yeah. Trying to get tassels on a baby face. We um, we have the voice of NWO. As, oh. as they're coming out and they've got no music, the, the voice of NWO just gives them a little introduction and it's always derogatory. And the Steiner brothers, when they come out, it says the dog-faced Michigan butts or something like that. And they turn around, they're like, what? And then it just says loser again <laughs> when they come out. Um, loser. loser. Um, we finally get some decent wrestling. Um, yeah, it was all right. It's, Initially, yeah, it's, anyway. Scott Steiner is, you know, throwing Scott Hall around. Hall is great as well here. It's, but you can tell that the fans love big, sexy Kevin Nash. He tags in and the place, yeah, really like, is into it. But it, <laughs> Kevin it Nash getting ragdolled by Scott Steiner is a thing to see if you've not seen it. It gives him like Scott a Steiner pump throw handle. Throw him around. Yeah, he gives him like a pump handle suplex and literally ragdolls him. It is beautiful. I have a question, Chris. Um, We don't get, you know, sometimes we get lost in this. Where do you rank the Outsiders as a tag team? Uh, 
to be honest, I don't think they were together long enough, really, <coughs> as a tag team per se. Yeah. To really make that much two, of an two impact. Two years on top, though. Two years on top. I mean, as a heel, even in this match, they were quite good as a heel tag team. Yeah. They're not quite Hollywood Blondes level, um, but you know, they 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 were good. I, I like them. I mean, individually. I rate Scott Hall better than Kevin Nash um, yeah, as a so worker. It's a, bit of a given. It's a given. Um, and also, he, uh, Jordan had the pop of Sting, and I've got the Razor Ramon. Oh, that is lovely. Which is beautiful. It was my birthday last week, so I treated myself to a pop. Um, yeah, thank you to those on Twitter who did wish Chris a happy birthday. I did put it out there for everyone to see. Yeah, dude. Um, Much appreciated. I'm getting an old man. <laughs> Look, 41's the new 32. Come on now. I ain't 41, you punk bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not far off, I won't lie to you, but uh, I'm not I'm not quite a 40 yet, but I'm I'm getting there. My son will tell you that I'm ancient, but uh yeah, I'm not quite there yet. So um again, yeah, as, a, among... as a tag team, as a tag team with the outsiders, you rank them, you know, I mean they they dominated WCW in 96, 97, so it's... To be fair, though, the WCW tag team landscape was bleak, really. You think? You, yeah, I, I mean, in the whole of WCW, I mean, what, what, what standout tag teams really were there that were of any kind of... During, during that time? Yeah. Uh, I Who would... did... I would stick with the Steiners and Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat, absolutely fantastic. I feel really, really bad. This is why I feel bad kind of putting the outsiders above Harlem Heat because yeah. Harlem Heat were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Stevie Ray and Booker T. Um, I didn't like, I'm not a fan of Nasty Boys. Uh, Public Enemy, I weren't a fan of. I'm just, I'm just surprised they didn't have another street fight on this show. Yeah, I mean, it was like a, it was like a fucking bread and butter for them, weren't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, what other tag teams were there at the time apart from Harlem well, Heat? You've also got in the, around this time in the WWF, you've got, you know, the tag team landscape there isn't great. It was, it was all right. Headbangers, no? Godwins. Headbangers, Godwins. Um, uh, well, smoking from, guns. I mean, I'm definitely not knocking Owen and Davey. They were brilliant. But yeah, was it o Owen and Yokozuna was a little bit before this time, yeah. weren't it? Who were possibly one of my favourite tag teams of all time. Oh, number one. Ichiban. Uh, <laughs> the outsiders get heat on the uh, get the heat on Rick Steiner. Um, Scott is brilliant on the hot tag. But Nick Patrick gets uh, gets bumped. He gets bumped out of the ring. <laughs> And then Randy Anderson in that fine clobber he's got on that like black polar neck thing. And, yeah. Yeah. And the ultra white trainers. Yeah. Randy Anderson comes in and counts three on Scott Hall. And there's a good pop for it. It's really, it's, you know, it, it's a decent match. It's okay. It's not. The finish. Yeah. No, the finish was good. The finish, the finish, the beginning was good. Um, and the end was good. The middle was, there was a few botches. A few weird bits. It was just Rick getting beaten up, really, and Scott on the uh, apron. 
Now I've got I've got a little bit here for you because I this did make me laugh. Like the one line from Bischoff, you know, everyone here is standing, they are livid. Like yeah. And then the commentators go on protesting. And I've got I've even got a big word here, vociferously. Like that's that's yeah. not, definitely not me. But it was almost like Hogan crying for Jack Tunney. It was almost it was almost it was <laughs> it was almost Hogan being a bitch yeah. and getting Tunny involved. It was crying about it. Was. it. Like it was I mean it, great for heels, but when Hogan did it, it's awful. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's also a bit like I have to comment because they for some reason the the director or whoever's in production has a massive, you know massive massive hard on for the geezer in the white shirt who keeps flexing in the crowd they keep going to that corner they keep going to that guy in the white shirt flexing and the black guy standing next to him with the muscles they all keep going to that there's corner a, there's a guy wearing an extra small shirt and he's just yeah. constantly flexing whenever the camera comes to him looks like some jersey shore you a know fucking guy but yeah, I'd I'd had my fill of that guy by this by this point. I'm like, stop cutting to him, please. Like, yeah. just just flexing. It's just so bad. Um, yeah, and this is you know I'll say the map the you know they do think that the, the Steiners have won the tag team titles. They haven't. I think the decision gets reversed on Nitro because but Randy the Anderson fans, not the referee. Some of the, some of the fans are actually throwing in rubbish at this yeah. point as well. <laughs> That's usually something reserved for the end of the show, but they decided to start chucking it in now. Yeah. Finally, we get something. We we, we almost get something decent. It is, uh, it's the US title. And it's uh, champion Eddie Guerrero against six, Sean Walkman, X-Pac, one, two, three, kid, whoever you want to... No, six, six was the champ. No, Guerrero's the champ. Six uh, stole the title. Of course he, he did, it. sorry. Yeah. No, 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 he did, yeah. Um. Eddie Guerrero makes his entrance, the voiceover thing. Uh, this is <laughs> causing the Mexican jumping bean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, and the loser. Yeah, the, the loser thing's fine, but, you know, don't call him a jumping. What's wrong with these? Yeah, like, yeah. 1997, still not okay. Um, I like this one because they're hanging the belt on a meat hook. Very funny. It was good. <laughs> and this is by far the best match on the card. Absolutely. Um, they're hanging the belt on the meat hook, and I did wonder: is like, is that like an ode to Bischoff, like, you know, working in the meat packing, sort selling of selling uh, meat out the back of a van in Minnesota? Yeah. Um, and I like to. I've got here. It seems like the show's turned a corner in the ring. Like, Pretty good. I mean, even um, Eric Bischoff um, and the commentary team switch it up a little bit during this match quite Bischoff quite nicely. Does, does turn it up on commentary because he goes on a rant, which is. The best part of the show for him, because he uh, he rants on karate guys. It's Eric so Bischoff good. Bischoff says he's a black belt. That's fine. He rips on Hollywood karate guys. He goes on. He goes in on Steven Seagal, John Claude Van Damme. But then he goes on about Glacier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck is he talking about? So funny. Um, he says that we covered funny. Glacier. He says he makes they make karate look bad, but six is the real deal. He's the real deal. Sometimes, you know, and he goes on, he's like, yeah, they take 100 shots and they've got 40 cameras just to get one kick looking good. 
this guy's the real deal. They go and but get their black belts in the mall. Yeah, like there's a, it's oh. good. There's a chop. There's a chop on uh, Eddie Guerrero from six, and Eric goes, "Oh, that hurt Hector." When he did say that, didn't he? <laughs> he's so funny. He's like, "Oh, that hurt Hector." It's so funny. And if you know, obviously Hector Guerrero is uh, Eddie's brother or dad or uh, brother. Yeah, yeah, um... his brother. Who would be in TNA? Hector Guerrero was in TNA for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know that blank look. He was on commentary. The Mexican. I glazed Spanish over commentary. for a second. Yeah. Uh, six is destroying himself here to get this match over. He is. Oh, it was. There's a couple of savage fucking bits, man. Um, yeah. There's a really nice flip from Eddie where he's in the he, he's in the corner and he just literally flips and lands on his feet yeah. um, and and this when I see Eddie at this time and I'm watching him at this time it does make me a little bit sad because there was a time where Eddie was this kind of cruiserweight jumpy flippy hoppity skippity guy um, and there was a point after he had a really serious car accident yeah. And he fucked his hip, he fucked his spine, and he had to completely change the way he wrestled. He had to change his whole style. And he, I think that's when he got into painkillers and yeah. steroids heavily um, and began drinking a lot more, and he, he changed as a person. Um, yeah, it's just... Um, it, it, and, and then that in itself makes me think of the Chris Benoit um, dark side of the ring where they were talking a lot about Eddie Guerrero and how his him dying really affected Chris Benoit um, and kind of possibly could have been a deciding factor in Chris Benoit losing the fucking plot, you know, yeah. um. uh, they talk about, you know, Chris just crying for months and months and months and months and months. Just literally just crying all the time. I mean, if you haven't seen the Dark Side of the Ring on, I think it's Vice, isn't it? Vice yeah. Is, yeah, Dark Side of the Ring. They just some incredible episodes there, like, you know, including Benoit, that, that one. Uh, there's Owen Hart. There's one on Owen Hart. One on possibly the greatest promoter of all time, Herb Abrams. <laughs> the Herb Abrams one is absolutely it, mental, man. Insanity. Um, the Moolah one as well is fucking crazy. Uh, at this point, we'd like to say fuck Moolah. Um, All right. Yeah, she was, what an awful human being that was. Some uh, people are disputing that still, you know. I don't know how. I genuinely don't know how. Like, you could... She was pimping people out for fuck's sake. Yeah. How and I feel sorry. That? I feel sorry for the, the lass at WrestleMania, the young lass um, who came down with Cindy Lauper. What was her name? Wendy Richter. Wendy it? Richter. Yeah. You know, it, it, they do say that Moolah held back women's wrestling for 30 years. Decades, yeah. Decades, literally decades. Um. Yeah, we get so we'll, we'll skip back, we'll jump back into these Guerrero six. Match. It's just, yeah, talk about the dark side of the ring because we're talking about Eddie Guerrero. But Eddie Guerrero in this match, he was 
absolutely all over the place, flipping, hopping, skipping, jumping. Uh, there was some crazy um, suplex out out of the ring that he took. Um, I, and I've got to be honest. Um, there's some Eddie chants in there, which I, I mean, I'd love a good Eddie chant. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. But six tries a drop kick when both men are at the top of the ladder. It's crazy that spot, dude. I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm all over the place at this point. I'm thinking, who the fuck okayed this idea? Well, they nearly missed the camera. Um, nearly missed this flip that Six did to the outside on Eddie after he suplexed him out. He did took a running jump against the ropes, came over and did like a flip, like a tumble, yeah, you know, slap like a tumble fucking weed thing. Um, what do they call it? Uh, oh, I can't cannibal. remember what they. Huh? It's cannibal. like a cannonball yeah. thing, yeah. Um, and they almost missed it. They just caught him doing it because they were using the bloody different camera. But yeah, it was. Um, it was there were some mental spots in this man. There were yeah. some mad spots. I'm I at this point in the show, I'm wondering out loud why Bischoff and Diviasi would be constantly reminding us of the great ladder matches that Scott Hall had in the WWF. Um, he only had all, one, two. All they're doing is making us want to go back and watch WrestleMania 10 and SummerSlam whenever it was. Yeah. It, it was like, literally two ladder matches. Like, Why do you keep reminding us that he had two great ladder matches, although people have disputed it and said that Shawn Michaels had a, you know, a match with a ladder? And Scott Hall was there. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's fair. I think that's a little bit harsh, but I think it was, was it Ric Flair that said that? Yeah, it's crazy. I've actually got a WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania 10 still um, of that ladder match. Hold on. Oh, we're going to get some gold. I'd so like it's, to, yeah, here he is. It's a WrestleMania 10 still. And it is oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels coming off the ladder. And that's... Madison Square Garden, March 20th, 1994. Shawn Michaels and Rage and Ramon. Um, and it was, you know, it was absolutely fantastic. I've got a few of these but still. This is, this is the exact point I'm making, is that they keep talking about Scott Hall having great matches in the WWF. And now we're talking about WrestleMania 10 on a sold-out 97 show. It... I mean, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense as to why they would keep bringing that up. But it's, you know, up to them. They Eric Bischoff's in charge. Do what you want. Well, I mean, they, they were giving away the results of Raw on, yeah. on live TV. But, you know? Um, they fight. They get up to the top of the ladder again and they fight over the belt, the uh, US title at the top of the ladder. It's a uh, six falls. Eddie has the, has the belt. Eddie wins. Um, Nick Patrick has his head in his hands. It's 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 the match of the night by far. Great match. Yeah. Like you say, the drop kick from the top of the ladder. He, he kind of missed. He kind of missed Eddie's he head does, anyway. Yeah, but yeah. it he, he looked like he kind of connected. But it was in, it was a great picture perfect kick. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. It's, it's and something yes. to see, yeah. If you are going to go and watch it, like you know, if you're going to skip and watch that match, then it's probably the best one. Oh, here's the highlight of the night, Jordan. It's the I, highlight of the night. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna rant. Sorry, Chris. Um, Jeff fucking Katz uh, recaps the contestants in the Miss NWO thing. Uh, it's a fucking abomination. And I've got this written down. It's mustn't see TV, but in a way, it's must see TV. It is. If you're gonna if you're gonna listen to us and say they must be chatting shit because it can't be that bad. It's that fucking bad. It's never ending. It feels like it goes on forever. Eric Bischoff finally picks a fucking winner. And my head's in my hands in this when I'm watching it because it's just absolute garbage. I miss the catfight girls from WrestleMania 19. Do you know what I'm saying? And that was was our last episode, guys. And if you haven't seen that, please go back to episode 18, which is in our our, our, our videos. And it's uh, WrestleMania 19. Eric Bischoff finally gets to the point that he's probably waited for. He starts kissing one of the ladies. No, she wasn't a lady. She was someone's nan, bro. Yeah, he starts kissing one of the nans. He's kissing one of the nans. This is clearly, there's clearly a winner in this. And it's number four, Miss D. Clearly the winner, okay? Yeah. No contest, right? Eric Eric finally kisses the lady, the, 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 the nan. Mostly, this is this segment is not over because she does a lap of honor. It's so fucking ridiculous. But he doesn't just kiss her; he snogs her twice. It's and I've got it's hot garbage. It is an absolute dumpster fire of a Shit segment. Show. Shit I show. would rather I would rather watch Prince I Care and Shane Douglas do a two-hour Iron Man match <laughs> than watch that again. Oh, it just drove me so. You're mad. fucking lying. You would hate that. <laughs> You would probably vomit ten minutes into it, but yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. If this was, you know, number seven, Miss Becky. All I can say is, <sighs> she looks like Hyacinth Bucket, but with a ponytail. Bouquet, man, bouquet. She looks bouquet, like American viewers again. You ain't gonna know who Hyacinth Bouquet is, yeah. You but get a minute. You can- <laughs> Check out it's Keeping like- Up Appearances. Like, what a show! It is. It's Hyacinth Bucket with. A mullet and a biker jacket on, and the throne that she sits on is an actual toilet. It's an oversized toilet, yeah. Um, but she's beautiful inside, as Eric Bischoff says. I I don't want to know how how Eric Bischoff knew that. <laughs> <laughs> she's a she's a woman with a hog, bro. What can you say? Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm hoping she didn't ride Bischoff's hog afterwards. She. It, he snogged there twice. It weren't just, you know, I just, it weren't yeah, just a kiss. It was like disgusting. Getting his, kicks, getting his kicks on, you know, live on pay per view. Like, I was, I just eaten a subway when this segment came on and I almost vomited it up. Oh. And my missus, I was going, oh my God, for God's sake. And my missus was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? I was like, nothing. This is just disgusting. Like, said, it number was four just... should have won it. Damn. Number four should have won it, goddammit, Miss D. Maybe we could get her on the podcast and see what she thought. Terrible. Oh. Clear winner. <laughs> we finally get to our main event. It's, it's yeah, I, we're still reeling off of that amazing segment of Miss NWO. It looks it's, like we made it. The world championship the is finally on the line. It's Giant who's been waiting months for a title shot. Um, is it because did Giant win... Um, Giant won the Battle Royal, didn't he? He won World War Three or something in 96. Something, yeah. I'll... And was pursuing oh. the title shot. Yeah. I mean, God help us if we ever try and review that because it'll be three rings and three cameras. <laughs> but 
giant and Hollywood, like he goes up against Hollywood Hogan, who is the champion. Hogan is with Nate Newton, Ray Donaldson, and George Teague of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, let's face it, they weren't playing in the Super Bowl the next night because the Cowboys suck. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got here, Hogan is lean. Hogan is quite lean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's looking in quite good shape. And um, this, this, bit, this bit cracked me up because Hogan tries a small package on the Giant. Hogan's got a small package. Whose fucking but... idea was it? To try a small package on the Giant. It, it kills me, this match, the booking of it, because, dude, the Giant is a man, right, who was pushed off a building not so long ago. Yeah, 1995, yeah. He was pushed off a building <clears throat> and he survived. But then... Hogan's got him in the. He wasn't I mean, tossed off the building, was he? He was. To, he was tossed off. Yeah, he was tossed off by Hogan. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I don't get it, man. I don't we get. Finally lost it. I by this point, I mean, we've we've gone we've gone down 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 down. We've gone up with the ladder match, and then straight back down to Miss D being completely screwed over by Miss Becky. It's um, the screw that, job that no one talks about. That's the screw job. This is the fucking Iowa screw job that no one talks about. They need to do a dark side of the ring of how Eric Bischoff screwed over Miss D. She clearly thought she'd won it, bro. And then she gets put in the sharpshooter. She thinks she's going to reverse it. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, fucking heaven. The calls for the bell. Yeah. Fucking (laughs) hell. You know? Uh, My hero in this match is Sherry. Yes. Do you like you see her in the crowd whipping up an absolute storm with the crowd? Love Sherry, man. Rest in peace, Sherry Martel, he is going man. Crazy behind, you know, behind that hot well, in front of the hard camera, just getting everyone to cheer the giant on. I'm like so impressed with this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, uh, th- dude, this could have been this whole show. I, and, and this is the thing I'd got to this point and I was, you know, and I, I just thinking this could have been done so much better. It was like they literally this is like a, a Rick James cocaine is a hell of a drug. Like they've literally just been there. And you can imagine the meeting of like how they did this. It was probably just like it's just them chopping up. All right, so what we're gonna do, we get some birds on some fucking motorbikes. <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll have like a Mexican fucking death match. Yeah, and then we're gonna have then we're gonna have like yeah a a a, a flip off the stairs. You know, like this is just completely not thought through. This is just How cocaine cowboys. How many yes men said good idea, Eric? Yeah, it was. It could have been done better. The ideas in themselves weren't bad. It was just. Very poorly executed. Well, it was the point of those Dallas Cowboys coming out. It, just to show the star power of the NWO. Not, not with the Dallas Cowboys, you don't. Jesus. <laughs> Mongo was just was the one. Yeah, Mongo's yeah. the real star. Because I mean, there during this match, 
there was um there was some we want rick chance yeah loads yeah. of them loads of them you we know, want rick his cracks at flair in you know many forms and you know flair is being slightly mistreated in wcw around this time you know it's- telling him to disband the horsemen and you know all that stuff and say that it yeah rick rick flair at this point he's not on this show obviously um he's still one of the big names that wcw has and bischoff is sort of keeping him on the sideline it it was i mean don't get me wrong i i like the idea of the nwo you know I've got a hell of a lot of NWO merchandise. I actually bought recently a WCW NWO ring um, in great condition. Um, you know, and I just, I just think that it, it literally did take over and it, it, it was, it took away from a lot of other guys that really could have had a bit more of the show. It was... I was thinking about this. And, you know, despite them being a massive, you know, really good heel group, you know, you're only as... You can only be as good as your babyface counterparts. And keeping people like Ric Flair and that off the show just, you know, it doesn't work. You're having them... They killed them. Having, yeah, having them beat up Chris Jericho, who, you know, Chris Jericho, 30 years in the business, like, definitely not knocking him. But Chris Jericho but at, this at this point, point is opening the show and getting jobbed out to Masachono. Yeah. It's you know, he's not he's not the super overstar that we know and love today. But yeah. It, but this is what I was saying at the beginning of the show. When you take away one of the elements of, of the freeway thing, you know, you've got the good guy, the bad guy, and the people in the middle trying to keep the balance, right? Yeah. When you when you take one of those away. You you've you're left with a complete shit show. So if you've got your heel group, your fat heel faction, you have to have an equal um, face faction, and you have to give them, you have to make them look good enough for when they get beaten for it to mean anything. Yeah. And it was just literally, it was like they fucking they blew their wad with the NWO within a year. It was like they spunked it. They bust their balls and oh, they had... The- it might have gone on for a bit longer, but yeah. Like, I think it was a bit more than a year. I think they, they sort of eked it out till mid-98. Maybe, all right, three years, two and a half years or whatever. Years, yeah, you know, but it, it was like it could have been more if they would have... But by this point, they'd completely killed off any kind of competition. The only real competition in this pay-per-view was really DDP. Yeah, who was going? Who was any kind of contest? I mean, why didn't Harlem Heat get involved in the tag team match? Do you know what I mean? They could have quite as easily got involved in the tag team match. Mongo did. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like they they should have really had more of a, a face presence because then it would have been a little bit of pushback, you know. But it just basically they made the faces all look like pussies. Yeah. So them beating them all didn't really mean shit. It was just, it wasn't booked very well. It just wasn't, it wasn't booked very well. 
it you're right, it wasn't booked very well. There was a couple of decent booking moments. I mean, like watching the giant try fly an elbow from the top rope was something else. Oh um, yeah. The big old boy. Old Paul. <laughs> yeah, Hogan, if Hogan didn't get out of the way of that one, he was finished. Um, you've got the giant, you know, the chance of the giant, you know, being led by Sherry, which is again like who who would who do you see doing that? Like someone like someone you know like Sherry or anyone else in the crowd whipping up the fans into a frenzy. Um giant no sells the leg drop. That was good. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. good laugh. I've got, no he, sells it. He no sells the big boot as well. Yeah. He no sells the big boot, then he gets slammed and leg drops, no sells that, and then he choke slams Hogan. Hogan and then, botches the choke slam. Oh, dude, how can you botch? You know what I mean? It's, Damn it. Damn and, it. and the fact, the, the, the thing is, by this point, the cheating of the referee had got to the point where it was ridiculous. Well, yeah, Nick, Nick Patrick channels his inner Earl Hebner and screws around with the three count. Um, like three times. <clears throat> yeah. He gets a chokeslam for his troubles. And then we've got Buff, Vincent, Wall Street, Baba. They all get chokeslams too. Yeah. And then Hogan uses a guitar. Where did yeah, he gets given. No, I know he gets given it by Bischoff because Bischoff leaves the oh, broadcast position. He goes, "I've got to go and help Hogan. I've got to go and help Hogan." So he runs down there with a guitar, like he's going to start busking, and he, he gives it to Hogan. And uh, yeah, it was just a bit of a shitty finish. Like you know, yeah. what I mean, to be honest, there is no finish. There's um, yeah, I mean. The giant, his back is bigger than the fucking guitar. Yeah. And he has to get hit about three times. He's lying down. They pull his trousers down. They bare arse him at one point. And then they spray his back, don't they? Yeah, they spray him. That sounds um, a bit rude. And this, but... is, this, is, this is your pay-per-view payoff to someone winning the 60-man battle royal, getting his title shot, and it's a non-finish. Yeah. I Yeah, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for a lot of people. No. Again, you know, you don't have your winner of the Rumble get to WrestleMania and have a non-finish. It's just... It's... I, mean, who, who, I mean, who's really involved in the booking of this shit show? Is it Bischoff? Is it Ooh. Sullivan? Is it Dusty I Rhodes? I would have money on Sullivan being involved. Sullivan, I, I believe... I've got money was... on Sullivan being involved in a few things. Oh, shit, son. That is going to be on our soon-to-come Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast conspiracy edition. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Sullivan, I think, was involved to a point. Bischoff kind of mentions it on 83 weeks. I'm not sure if Dusty's got a role in this at some point. At this point, I don't know if he's just a commentator or does he have an input. Ric Flair definitely doesn't have an input in this. Not at this time, no. No, Um, JJ maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... It's it's weird because, you know, it. I can see where they were trying to go with it. I can see why what what they were trying to do. They were trying to push the NWO to be this faction that couldn't be messed with. But then, how boring is that if they can't be messed with? You know, you've got to have some to and fro. Well, you, this is where Bischoff contradicted himself. Because he said he wanted the NWO to have its own show and his own thing, be its own brand. But then the NWO wouldn't wrestle each other, would they? No. No. So it just, it, yeah. I, 
can't quite comprehend where he was trying to go with it all. You know, where WCW going to come over and wrestle on the NWO shows and the other way around? Like, who knows? It didn't, you know, it just, they tried it with the NWO Nitro thing where they spent 20 minutes of an actual live show just destroying the set. Like, literally 20 minutes. And people tuned out. So, yeah, I mean, this would be the last um, NWO specific sold out, wouldn't it? But That's then you the also, yeah. yeah, I mean, you had going forward, you had the WCW NWO pay per views. Well, yeah, they, they became part of the brand. Yeah. It was just fine. You know, nobody's arguing with it being WCW NWO because it was a very cool visual and everyone knew it was they were up against each other. Um, I did like the ring. I really <laughs> liked the ring and the way it looked. It was great. Uh, before we go, I think you've got something with Hulk Hogan on the front that you want to show us. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. it isn't a WCW, but it is a very cool piece of memorabilia. It is, so It's incredible. Check this you, out. And, and the, the condition that is in is fantastic because, I mean, a lot of people collect figures and a lot of people collect specific things. But I just any piece of wrestle crap that I that I see, I will get. That's a um, good book too, Wrestle Crap, if anyone's read it. <laughs> I've got it, mate. Yeah, Wrestle Crap. There's a few of them. Um, so I've got an Atari ST, uh, which most people might know. Most people won't. I've got pretty much Classic every gamers single... out there. None of yeah, this I've Twitch got... nonsense. Yeah, I've got... well, this is what, where we get to. So on Twitch, they're playing all these games, but I'm here playing my Atari ST, and I've got the WWF WrestleMania game with Hogan there in the front in all his glory. He's been taking his vitamins, he has saying indeed. his prayers. you got Bulldog and Slaughter there as well. So this is on the Atari ST, which, um, if people remember, actually took floppy disks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, that's... I mean... People of a certain age will definitely not know what this is. But floppy disks were all the rage. This game, you actually need two floppy disks to run it. Disk one and a disk two. So we've got both of them there. It says, please insert disk two at some point. Got your little booklet there. World Wrestling Federation. This is from like 1990 or whatever. But the special gift, if you can see on the front... It says free WWF video. And this comes with the free WWF video, which hardly anyone has ever even seen, let alone has one. Uh, So I'm thinking of ripping it and putting it online. It is like, um, I can't explain it. It's like 1988-1989 vignettes videos music videos it's got the dolly parton hulk hogan video he wrestled my heart have you seen that thing oh man it's fucking crazy what's on that video dude we'll watch it together it'd be lovely (laughs) um but some of the stuff on there is great it's got like um so uh, lord alfred hayes 
uh, talking about you've got the rockers wrestling and he's explaining the moves and saying, oh, this is this move. And, you know, as you can see, Shawn Michaels is doing a move called skinning the cat, you know, and he's like, you know, going over. It's, it's just class. So it's got, you know, SummerSlam. It's got all the events for that year. It's got some footage of some of the people going into it, like the WrestleMania weekend and all that. So what we're saying is you're going to start an OnlyFans account where you just play this game. That would be fucking amazing, dude. You know, like, I mean, myself and Jordan, right? We're trying to do this all legit. We don't want to be... We don't want to be those guys like flogging the Patreon and all this kind of stuff, you know? Oh, we're, absolutely we're, not. No. You know, we, we, we kind of... We want to organically kind of do this stuff. And I mean, it, it, leave in the comments and comment on Twitter if you would chuck us a dollar here or a quid there. If you would, then, you know, great. But I mean, at the moment, we, we just, you know, we're just doing this for the love. You know, we're just, we're just doing it for the shits and giggles. We're doing it to kind of, you know, because I mean, it, co it costs us money to do this kind of stuff. You know, we have to pay for the podcast hosting and, you know, we have to take time away from work to do it and shit like that. But, you know, it's, it's like, we don't want to be those guys that are kind of just hawking our podcast at the moment. And we know that there's a lot of other wrestling podcasts and that, but we like to think that you get saying a little bit different from us where we, we break it down how we break it down and we go on tangents and we have British slang and we mimic snorting cocaine and coming up with the idea for this pay-per-view, which is clearly what happened. There was just loads of them sitting around the table. Conceived on cocaine. That's Do you know what I mean? Tagline. That's it. Absolutely. This was born out of cocaine. Uh, I, will, but yeah, I we... will at this point let everyone know that we did finally reach 500 subscribers. Yes. <laughs> This is, we did. You know, 500 of you out there decided you wanted to hit the subscribe button for whatever reason. You know, maybe maybe you're on the Chang too. I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're on the Chang or maybe it was just our constant bitching and moaning, uh, yeah. calling you punk bitches yeah, let that, that got you to um, press the old uh, subscribe button it's, down there. It's finally happened. We are going to run a giveaway. It will most likely be run on Twitter because that's where most of our followers are. Um, you know, I will have something for you probably maybe to coincide with the release of this, maybe like, you know, what, what's, what day is it tomorrow? It's Friday tomorrow, isn't it? It is Friday tomorrow. So maybe we'll run something over the course of the weekend and you know, you'll be the winner of if you if you're lucky enough to take part and win. You know, you'll be the winner of one of our fine gifts that we have for everyone. But yeah, we are super grateful that we've made it to 500 subscribers. It is it's astounding that we've made it this far. We've also almost hit 500 downloads, I think, as well. Oh, nice! That's it's good. Even, That's good. Which is yeah, just as mad. People are listening. No, they don't want to see our faces, which is fine. You know, I'm you know happy for that too. <laughs> but we've got we've got more views on faith on, on on youtube which means people do want to see our mugs yeah, we, we get we get quite a few views every every time we put an episode up we're hitting over 1k view on on every single video sometimes two sometimes 2.5 you know so we're every video we're, we're getting decent hits and we we love everybody who's watching for that because you know we are very grateful for any time that you give us. And this is why we try and be entertaining. Um, so with this, um, 
with this giveaway, dude, what do you reckon? How do we do it? Like, should we take a couple of pictures of all the stuff we're going to try and put in the little package? And then on Twitter, we will say, right, this is the stuff we're going to give away. If you, if you want a chance to win it, like and retweet and follow us like retweet and subscribe that's it that's all i'm asking you know that's right subscriber you're definitely in with a shout and you know who doesn't like free shit exactly i mean they won't be getting my atari st uh wrestlemania that's the the 100 million subscriber giveaway that is isn't it (laughs) even that they ain't getting it bruv i don't know anyone else that has got that with still the video oh, intact. The video. No, that's uh, yeah, that's. I don't know anybody. Possession. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, they can. We've got a whole heap of other shit that um, that we will happily give away. Um, I'll tell you, it was my birthday last week, right? And shout out to my sister, right? She got me. Uh, she got me these socks, bro. These are pretty cool. I mean, it's a, I mean, as uh, a birthday present, socks are. You know, pretty standard in the UK. I don't know if they are elsewhere, but yeah, it's what's on the sock that counts. It says, "Do not disturb." I'm watching wrestling. Oh, that is. It's got a little ring on there. You know, <laughs> awesome, absolutely fucking awesome. Shout out to my sister Lisa. Boom. But and, you can't, and, you can't wear them every day though, Lisa. So you might need another pair. I will need another pair, clearly, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, they were sick. I was gassed when I got them. Um, well happy. Never been happier with a pair of socks. But um, yeah, man, we're just fucking, we're just loving it, man. Oh, a bit tired. I've been pushing the weights as well, man. Been trying to get that Lex Luger 95 body. You know what I mean? If anyone has any spare Ico Pro, can you send it to Chris as well, please? You know, he's, <laughs> he's clearly looking to bulk up. Looking to bulk up. Winter's coming. Things get cold. So I'm saying I, I need to be hitting up that uh, the Road Warrior shakes, you know? If anyone's not seen that video, look that up because that is disgusting. <laughs> eating, like a hawk just eating raw eggs, just popping them into his mouth and yeah. just crunching them up. That is, it's vile but hilarious at the same time. Some real Great stuff. Paul, Paul Mooney. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what was his name? Uh, was it Paul Mooney? Sean Mooney. Sean Mooney. That's yeah. it. Paul Mooney's the black comedian. Yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit quickly about next week. Next week is it's time for my second favourite WrestleMania to go on. Um, it is WrestleMania 8. And if anyone has any questions or comments for that one, you know, sh- give us a shout at Chat Grapple Pops. You'll find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook even. You know, you'll find us there. And I'm yeah, quite excited. Tell me, tell me your favourite moments from WrestleMania 8 and we will shout them out. I'm, got... I'm quite looking forward to that, dude. I'm looking forward to, to WrestleMania 8 because yeah, from a golden a era. It's Yeah, it's part of a magical era for us. 1992, you know, I, for me, it can't be beaten. I know other people have other favourite eras of wrestling that they love and like, but WrestleMania 8 is... Again, it's not the, probably not the greatest WrestleMania in the ring, but for me, it's it's absolutely up there. It's a it's a classic of its time. It was that year when Flair was in WWF, dude. Yeah, we go back to Flair being in the World Wrestling Federation, which is you know, you know the Great really, Royal Rumble of that year, the Great yeah. Mania. You know, 
it was it was great stuff. It was it was absolutely great stuff. And yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, I can't talk enough about it, and I can't wait to talk about it next week when we finally get to do WrestleMania eight. But yeah, once again, thank you to everyone that's still listening. If you're still awake, thank you very much. If you're listening on where you get your podcast from. Thank you. If you're still watching on YouTube, sweet Jesus, man, why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. 500 of you you can't be wrong. That's right. Like and subscribe. The more subscribers, the better. And, um, you know, we're just going to be doing, we're doing some different stuff. We're just knocking some ideas about, about doing bits and bobs and other, you know, stuff rather than this kind of, sit down for an hour and a half of two hour format yeah. kind of thing we should have some we have some ideas we have some more things coming you know shorter videos if you like it like us if you don't Please. like it just subscribe anyway. it's yeah. free it's fucking free to, to quote someone who's very prominent on tv let us in <laughs> <That's> fucking <laughs> fucking a yeah. dude uh, it's yeah like don't be afraid to hit that button. Don't be afraid to, to, to comment either. You know, we're, we're nice guys. We don't troll. We're not, we're not a couple of clowns that will get upset and, you know, start having a go at you the minute you put up a comment. You know, we see that all the time online. We're not fans of that sort of style. We're not characters. We're real people. It Send, is what drop it is. us a line. Yeah, man. Come chat to us. Do you know what I mean? In this time, especially... Reach out, you know what I mean? Reach out, chat with us. We're two normal dudes um, who just love wrestling. And we are going to keep doing this podcast. As Jordan said, we're hitting up uh, WrestleMania 8 is the next episode. And then we have our Halloween special. We're not going to tell you Halloween special's coming. It's going to be... the Halloween special's coming. It's going to be really good. Like, we have something we've looked forward to, we've spoken about, you know, already. Halloween is going to be a good laugh. Yes. And... You know, there's nothing. I don't think there's much more to say, is there? Not, not much at all. Apart from thank you for everybody who's listening, watching, uh, commenting, liking, subscribing, tweeting, retweeting. You know, do that shit, man. Do that shit. And we are now going to be doing the giveaway. We have hit 500 subscribers. We said we would do it. We are going to do it. We will post up. Follow us on Twitter. So all the subscribers that are watching this video, <coughs> go across to Twitter. Um, Follow us on Twitter and say you're a subscriber. Let us know. Uh, We will go through all the subscribers and then we will announce the winner on Twitter. But we will take some photos of everything we're going to add in this little pack of joy. Yeah, that's right. If, you know, wrestling stuff. Who doesn't like wrestling stuff? Right. That's it for this week. We, uh, We say thank you to anyone that's still here. And... We'll see you next week. I be IBJB, that be Chris Dredd, and we will let the Owen Hart 8 bit theme take you out. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.